Bibles this evening to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 23. I hear that one Mary Martin was a really great Broadway musical star that must have been best known for her work in South Pacific. Never seen it, know anything about it. But Oscar Hammerstein, which was a musical director, uh, it's been said that when he was on his deathbed, that he wrote a note to Mary, which was given to her right before she went on stage. And the note said... Dear Mary, a bell's not a bell till you ring it. A song's not a song till you sing it. And love in your heart is not put there to stay. Love is not love till you give it away. And I don't know that that they had a spiritual understanding of that or were talking about that in any way. However, that statement really tells of this change in love. The love that God puts in our heart by way of the Holy Spirit. We've talked a lot about love today. It's really hard not to talk about love on Mother's Day because we see and we experience and we have memories of such great love. And it's sacrificial A mother seeks the well-being of her family above herself. And I appreciate what I heard this morning about how great a mother is when she comes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because that really changes everything concerning this matter of love. A lot of people talk about love and unfortunately, in many ways, it's a lot of wasted words because there is such a change in love that many do not understand when they come to Jesus Christ as Lord and and Savior. When we think of love, we may think of something that we have felt all of our life. When we think of love, we may think it's something that we have done all of our life. We have loved. And in one sense of that matter, that is true. But as we think about that and we consider that the love that we see here in verse 22, if you'll notice with me, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Now, as we consider the love of the Holy Spirit, what we have here is an attitude, a quality, a characteristic of a love like we've never known before, before we were saved. It's, it's, it's a different love. It's something different. And we must and should learn of this love and, and what ability we have to be able to love as Christians. What's been shed abroad in our heart to learn how to appropriate that as a child of God and how it is truly produced 
in our lives because we see a contrast as we look in God's word here. If you'll join me in verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And I'm not going to go through the list. These are some common verses that we've all been through before. But but as you look at that, I just want you to know that it doesn't take a whole lot of effort for you and I to do those things. That's what's natural. I, I took some boys uh, one year over fishing in a neighborhood that I supposedly didn't belong in. It was a private neighborhood, they say. But we went fishing in that neighborhood. And I just told the boys, when you pass somebody going down the sidewalk or on a bike, just act natural. Just act natural. And, and that's what we do. That's what we do concerning this list. It's just acting natural when one does this. It's exactly what we, what we will do on our own and our own ability. We can do these things without even trying. We may have experienced all of these things or just some of these things, but we have done them without much effort. We have all done what is natural. But, but after looking at that list, we look at another list now in verse 22, and it's quite a different list. It says, now, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Let's go on. Meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There are nine fruits mentioned here in the Spirit. I want you to notice a contrast concerning those natural things that we see in verse 19 starting and then verse 22 starting are the supernatural things that we see and we see that there's a contrast in them by that word but b-u-t right there that means that there is something different here but we not only see a contrast in that we see a contrast in the beginning of that verse 19 it says the works of the flesh and then in verse 22, it says the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. It's not the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. There's a difference here. There's a difference in how these things happen. The works of the flesh, the deeds and the actions, that's something that we can do. But as we look at the fruit of the spirit as we look at a list of these things this is something different because that word fruit is talking about a result of something and it has nothing to do with us it's a result of something that god does in a believer in the lord jesus christ he produces this new love through you and i so we see a contrast here and we see a change in love when the Lord saves us, look, we cannot try to bear this fruit. You can try and be successful at the works of the flesh, but you and I can't try to bear this fruit of the Spirit. You and I can't, in our own effort, work as hard as we can to be able to develop a practice of these things. You and I can't work as hard as we can to have a discipline of making these things happen in our lives that we see here. We can't produce it in our lives on our own. We cannot make a habit of creating these things in our lives as we are speaking of the fruit 
of the Spirit. You understand? The fruit of the Spirit, it's a result. It's a result of salvation. It's a result of a person coming into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and He comes to live within. And there's a result of salvation and there's a surrender to the Holy Spirit who lives inside you and I. He he does these things and he lives these things out. But you and I do not do that on our own. So I want you to notice the contrast and the difference there as we're getting started. Just in the fact that that is the fruit. We're talking about a byproduct. We're talking about a result of something God does through you and I. If we try to achieve these things in our own ability, we have developed some religion and we're really going to be miserable because it's not going to be genuine. So we have the fruit, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. When someone trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they receive the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm telling you that it's right then, it's right in that moment that someone gets saved, that they receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. You do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ on this day and another day. You ask to receive the Holy Spirit. It's not a second dose of salvation. The Bible says in Romans 8 9, that if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if someone says they received Christ and then received the Spirit later, I have no idea what they have because everything comes at one time in our triune God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we receive Him at the same time. Oh, the Holy Spirit in our life. What a wonderful comforter the Bible calls him. The, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans 8.16 says we have that assurance of that we are children of God. The Bible says that we have the earnest of our inheritance in the Holy Spirit. In other words, we have the assured down payment on heaven, letting us know that heaven is our home by way of having the Holy Spirit within our lives. He has come to take up residence in the life of the child of God, but he has not come just to take up residence and and not cause a ruckus and not be seen and not have anything to do. He has come into our lives, not just to take up residence, but to take over. The Holy Spirit has come to live in you and I, to possess you and I. He comes in to possess us, to take over. There was an athlete that came to town and from overseas, and he said, I didn't come to take part, I came to take over. And the Holy Spirit has come, not just to play around in your life and let you be lukewarm, but to take over in your life and to possess you and to produce something in your life and in my life that we could never make happen on our own. The fruit of the Spirit, you understand. The fruit of the Spirit has come within us to take us over. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, to be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. 
And to be filled with the Spirit means to be under the influence and to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. He is not just your partner. He has come to control you within and to produce the things of heaven in your life and my life. To, to be influential over us. The Holy Spirit in our lives, everyone has the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have possession of every Christian. And He wants you and I to surrender and submit to the leadership of Him in our lives. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to sanctify you and I so that you and I can live the Christian life. The Christian cannot live the Christian life without being under the influence and leadership of God's Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is the first of nine fruits that are mentioned in the Bible here. And I believe that's not by accident. I don't think it just didn't matter how they fell into place there. I believe there is significance in the order that has taken place. If you look in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and you see love in description, you will find in the rest of these fruits all of these attributes and all of these characteristics. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And there's a good reason why it is mentioned first. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, it talks about how you can have all these different virtues and, and, in Christianity, but if ye have not love, you have nothing. If we do not have love, we have nothing. And so this love that we are talking about, it is unlike anything we've ever experienced or anything we've ever extended from our lives to something else after being saved. It's never happened before in this way. You understand this love that we're talking about that is the byproduct of the Holy Spirit. This is the love that God loves you and I with. It is a love that has rescued us, has redeemed us, and reinforces us, and restores us constantly. This is an everlasting love that we're talking about when we talk about this love that is the fruit of the Spirit. It's unending. It's unconditional. And the Bible said that it has been shed abroad in our heart. This is the love of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that God so loved everyone that He gave His Son for everyone in sacrifice for us. And so let's understand that we cannot try to love with this love in our own ability and be able to offer this as a deed of love to God. It's something that He gives us. It's something that He produces through us to someone else. It's a heavenly love that has been planted in us when we were born again, produced through our lives as we submit 
to the influence of the Holy Spirit and we let him take over in our lives. So many directions I thought about going with this. I would just like to mention a few things about this love that you and I might have just the greatest understanding possible. And the first thing I'd like to say is that this love of God has not been given to us for our own personal benefit. The love that God has given to us, it's not just so we can feel good. It's not just so that we can know His presence is with us. All of those things happen with this love. But this love that God is, that He gives to us, it's not given for our benefit. I once sat and heard a preacher. And I sat in the pew and I listened to him talk about the time that he met his wife. And I don't remember if he was in school. I don't remember if he just couldn't wait to get off work. But he could not wait to go spend time with this young lady that he met. Whether he just went to have an ice cream with her. Whether he just went to sit and talk with her and her parents. He could not wait every day possible to get to her just to spend time with her. It made him feel so good. And what he realized... It was kind of selfish to him. He was being selfish. He wanted to go see her because of how he benefited from it. He was content. He was satisfied just to see her, just to be with her. It was for him. He later married this girl. And there was a change in love that took place. He married her. And where once he couldn't wait to be with her because of how it fulfilled self and made him feel, it all changed. It all changed. And he wanted to do things that she wanted to do. He didn't want to please himself by being with her anymore. He wanted to please her. He wanted to go places she liked to go. He wanted to fulfill her and satisfy her rather than himself. It was a change in love. He he wasn't thinking about benefiting himself when he was with her anymore. God has not given us and shed this love within us for self-benefit. It is for others that we might love others with this love. This fruit of the Spirit is of benefit to others. It It actually costs the Christian to be indwelt by this Holy Spirit and to have this attribute of love because it's going to cost us our time. It's going to cost us some energy as this love moves through us. And it's going to do nothing for self. It's going to do for others. It's going to seek the welfare of others. It is going to put others above us. We will set our needs aside and we're going to meet the needs of others as this love consumes you and I. It's not about how it makes us feel. It's not about self This love of God, it's sacrificial. 
When it's at work, when the love of the Holy Spirit is at work through your life, you're sacrificing. It's a sacrifice. And it's producing something for someone else. It considers others. It meets the needs of others. I heard a story, true story, about this large family and some extended members that all lived in one house. And the house caught on fire. And as the story goes and assumes, an eight-year-old boy in the home was the first one to wake up. And he smelled the smoke, and then he saw some fire. And you might think that he ran out the door at that point, but he didn't. He ran to the next room, and he woke up his siblings, and he warned them, get out of the house. And there were nine members in the house. And he went from one member uh, in, the, in one room to the next room and his mom and dad's room. And then on about number six out of nine, he went in his uncle's room. And his uncle didn't have a leg. And here this eight-year-old boy was doing his best to pick up his uncle and help him walk and get him out of the house. But the smoke consumed them. And the fire was raging even more. And they didn't survive. Neither did the last few that was in the house. But he sacrificed himself, this little boy, to do as much as he could for others as possible. This love does not seek after helping self. It's of benefit to others. Sacrificial loves seeks to help others at all costs. By this love, we see that God hasn't given us this love for our benefit, but also this love is the fulfilling of God's commandments. In religion, there are many people in the Bible and still today and all in between that's trying to keep the commandments of God and hopefully they will be able to get to heaven. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the love that only can take place once someone has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We're talking about this agape, sacrificial love that is a spiritual love that God gives us when we're saved. There's no way that the natural man in religion can be able to fulfill these commandments. He can't even do it with the right kind of love. He doesn't have the love he needs. It's the love that takes place when we're saved. If we're surrendered to the Holy Spirit, we'll love God and we'll love others. And that causes the keeping of the rest. Well, love isn't given for self-benefit. And by this love is the fulfilling of the commandments. By this love, others will know that we are Christians. Jesus said this. He said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. This is going to be 
what we're clothed in, what people will see, how people will know that you and I are a Christian if this love is seen in our life. The Christian has a duty given by the Lord to love others with the love that he has given us. This is the chief test for Christian discipleship. That you and I might be able to show that we are Christians. So therefore, if this love is working in our lives, we, we can never be satisfied with serving self. We are going to have a disturbing restlessness in our lives if we are not doing something to serve someone else. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you are continuously being a blessing to others at your own expense. If we're not sacrificing for others in some way, we're not going to be able to be content. The child of God that wants to walk in the will of God, that, that is surrendered to the Holy Spirit, cannot be content serving self. It is going to have to be somewhere, someone else. We are going to have to take the lower step and place others on the higher step. And that's the only way we can be content with the power of the Holy Spirit working through you and I. There will be a restless stirring if this is not going on. This, this amazing love, it loves no matter if it's reciprocated. It doesn't matter if anything is initiated to you and I for us to love with this love. We're, we're acting natural if we're returning love for love given only. It doesn't, nothing has to be initiated. And it doesn't matter what's reciprocated. There's a story told of a little boy named Chad. And little Chad walked home from school every day. And mama watched out the window for him. And it was the same thing every day. His classmates and other schoolmates walking down the road. And they're, they're laughing. They're having fun. They're having a ball all the way home. All together except for Chad. Chad's a bit of a distance away. And he's walking by himself. Walking home alone every day. And as we think about mamas. You can imagine how mama's heart felt for little Chad. And especially when he says. Mama. Valentine's is coming up, but we're going to have a little party at school, and I'm, I want to make a Valentine for every kid in the class. And immediately, Mama thought, he's not going to get any in return. I really don't want him to do this. I hope this goes away. Next day, Mama, can we go to the store? And can we get the things I need? So she takes him, and they get the colored paper, and they get the glue, and the scissors and the markers, and he sets a little bit every day for three weeks at the dining room table. And he's cutting out valentines and, and putting everyone's name on them. 35 kids in the class. He, he has, uh, aside from himself, so he has 35 valentines that he's making. And mama's heart's just thinking about what's going to happen as a result of this. So the day comes. He packs these valentines in his backpack. He goes to school. And 
it takes three weeks for him to get home from that one session of school. It's the longest day ever for mama. As she's sitting there just pacing the floor all day, she makes him some milk and some cookies to try to cheer him up because she knows what's coming. She has it all ready. She's watching out the window. And down the street comes this big group of kids and they're all playing together. And she's looking to see if Chad's in the middle of them. Chad's still a distance away, walking home by himself. Mama's holding back the tears, you understand. Little Chad comes in and he opens his backpack. There's, there's no Valentine's. And she's trying to keep her voice from breaking. And she says, Chad, you want some milk and cookies? I'll give you warm cookies. I got them, just made them for you. He sits down at the table and he kind of hangs his head. And he says, not a one, not a one. And his mama, the waterworks going. Not a one, not a one. He's kind of hanging his head a little bit. And he looks up and says, Mama, I didn't forget a one. Every kid in the class got a valentine. Not a one missed out on getting one. The love of the Holy Spirit of God. It is so unconditional. It's so everlasting. It goes out without anything prompting this love. It kind of reminds me, kind of reminds me of an entire human race with, with a death sentence that they're marked for. And, and someone going and sacrificing and paying the price for all of our sins on the cross at Calvary in our place for you and I, that we might have the gift of eternal life. And then, and, and, and that is the greatest sacrifice that will ever take place, and that will never be done again, and you and I can't do anything like that. But great sacrifices come as a result of receiving the one that made the greatest sacrifice of all in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize... Who lives within you? And what love you and I have living within us that we learn to appropriate, that we learn to extend, that we learn to be a blessing to someone else. It's more blessed to give than to receive. We're able to extend ourselves for others. We are able to extend this love that someone might see a love like they've never known before. I know that's what brought me to the Lord Jesus Christ. The people that I saw something in that I knew they had something I didn't. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about the Lord. And so I had no idea at first what that was, but I wanted it. And I found out it was the love of Jesus. And I hope you know the love of Jesus tonight. If you're here this evening and we're talking about loving the world and loving others, loving where there ain't no love, that this love goes out where there ain't no love, you understand. To be able to do that first requires knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins that you might have a personal relationship with Him and a home in heaven. And then as we grow and as we come to know more about Jesus, we understand this love that you and I have to give to others. I, 
I value the love that I grew up with in my home, but it only went so far, and it's, it's not even comparable to the love of Jesus Christ. Would you let him have you tonight? If you're here and your sins have never been forgiven, would you trust in Jesus? Would you know him personally? Would you receive the person of the Lord Jesus within as your Lord and Savior? Would you, if you're a Christian already, would you, would you consider what God has in store for you and I? That it's a more joyful, a more full life to put others above ourselves, to set our list aside, to set ourselves aside. It kind of reminds me of the old gospel song, Lord, help me to step aside so they can see the one who died. We're able to move self out of the way because of the Lord Jesus Christ in us, that we might love others. Let us go to the Lord in prayer and have a time of invitation for whatever the Lord is doing on your heart on this Mother's Day evening. Father in heaven, Dear God, we come to you tonight. I thank you for the privilege to share your word. Lord, as I consider what you have done in our lives, Lord, we, we are overwhelmed. We thank you for your eternal salvation. We thank you, Lord, for what you're working on in our lives and what you're producing through us, dear God, that it wouldn't be for our bragging rights, but it's for your glory, that you might be glorified, that your son might be magnified, that we might become and and in practice that peculiar people that you have made us to be. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit through our lives. Thank you for the greatest love that we could ever know. And we, we don't just know it in our heart. We're able to extend it to others. And we come to you now, Lord, that you might have your way with your people. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Page 400.